What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah, the podcast for people that just can't shut up about guitar. I've spoken before on the podcast about an article that I wrote quite a long time ago about uh, Gibson. This was written about, it's on axesandblades.com now, but I wrote this ages ago, um, 2018, 2019, whatever, when Gibson was having its financial troubles, uh, which was obviously, as I've said many times as well before, not actually to do with the guitar stuff. It was to do with how the company was running a bunch of stuff kind of around the guitars actually the guitars were actually still taking in a lot of money um i think they made like a billion of revenue just from the guitar stuff um the year before that they had all those financial issues and had to do the restructuring bankruptcy blah 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 um but you know one of the interesting things that i wrote about in the article was that even though the financial stuff wasn't really related to the guitars it was to do with how the business was managed in other ways a lot of the grievances towards Gibson that have been kind of boiling up for five to ten years specifically. I know there's been grievances with Gibson for a very long time in different ways and we love to complain about stuff. We love to kind of razz Gibson and stuff, but we still keep buying their guitars. We still really like them, but it was over the kind of lead up to that period that people were, you know, the robot tuners, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, having lots of complaints about the way they were doing things, the way they were approaching stuff, not kind of listening to the community and what the community wanted. It's basically what a lot of these things boiled down to. So I took the opportunity there to say, now that they're doing this restructuring, that obviously means big changes at the company anyway. It was speculated about what changes would come about. And I thought that was a great time to have those speculations and say, how are they going to fix these problems? Because I, for me, felt that one of the big problems was that disconnect with the community and that they had not looked to the forward of where the guitar community was going. If you listen to like YouTubers and guitarists who were very active on youtube or social media or just you know very active in terms of engaging with their community it doesn't need to be social media but we're kind of going with the flow artists people who play guitar gear people whatever who went with the flow of whether it was on this platform that platform or, or not went with the flow the way that it's going in the future of you need got to be connected you got to actually reach out and be connected with the community and be a part of the community basically and a bunch of other companies because of all had done this in gibson and really and that seemed to be something a really central thing that attached to these other problems that people saw like not listening to what customers wanted making strange decisions that no one really asked for not doing things that everyone it seemed had been asking for for years and years and years that kind of disconnect comes from not being part of the community and other companies seem to avoid that by being really clued in on the community and obviously we've seen a lot of new companies come up which are now very big in our minds uh we hold a lot of companies really big in our minds because they actually are extremely active in that way they actually seem a lot of these smaller newer companies bigger than they are because we're so familiar with their names we kind of imagine they must have kind of grown to be medium-sized companies by this point some of them are still tiny but they're really there in our conscience because they're part of the guitar community. So this was all stuff that I kind of talked about in the article. And then I started speculating on, well, what could they do? What could Gibson do to be more kind of part of the community forward thinking? And I thought this is probably something that's going to be a big part of what they do moving forward. Um, and, you know, as much as we all love to throw up this kind of, again, razz on Gibson a little bit, throw out stories again when they're in the news for all the wrong reasons or whatever, this lawsuit, that stupid thing. We, we love a bit of that, you know, they're the... They're the big company, so it's always, punch, it's always punching up a little bit. And I think that's why we are a little bit harsh. And whether you love Gibson or hate Gibson, I think we all join in this in different ways. Um, I don't want to ever just be razzing for no reason. It's fun to make a joke now and again, but I think there's legitimate criticisms of, of anything. Um, and Gibson are obviously outside of that. Uh, but I do think they make cool guitars that a lot of people 
love. You know, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Again, just that fact of right before they had all those bankruptcy problems, they made a, over a billion in revenue from the guitar stuff. The guitars were selling fine. The guitars weren't really the problem, even though they were annoying the guitar community in a lot of ways. The guitars themselves are still really loved. A lot of that is why it's so frustrating because it's people who go, I love these guitars, but I wish this company would freaking, I wish the people would stop making me kind of not want to play my guitar that I really love, make me kind of enjoy interacting with them less when really freaking Les Paul's my favorite guitar ever. That should be a open goal for these guys. Should be easy as anything for me to like them. Interesting stuff to speculate on. Um, we could do a whole separate episode on what they have done, what they haven't done, this, that, and the other analyze. I don't want to do that. I'm not really interested in, in doing that necessarily, especially not today. Um, but what is interesting is, you know, not exactly the things that I wrote about in my article, but a lot of the things that lots of people were speculating on, including my article. This idea of are they going to kind of come out and try and be a bit more of the community, a bit more forward thinking? They've definitely done that. So whereas before they seem to try and get into the contemporary moment through their guitars and not in the way that they worked and interacted as part of the community. They've kind of flipped that over and realized that that was the wrong way around, the kind of the opposite way around to do things are this side of the bankruptcy. You know, whatever you think about it or don't think about it, Mark Agnesi coming in, rebranding the Gibson YouTube channels, Gibson TV, making all the content for that. So the way I kind of see is the way that they were looking forward to the future, they weren't completely stuck in the past as a business. They're very reliant on their heritage. They still looked at the past a lot, and we're going to get to that. But something that interested me was that before the bankruptcy, it was sort of no interaction with the community, no forward thinking in terms of where's music going, where is music now, where's the guitar and the music community going, where are the guitar and music communities of tomorrow. They didn't interact with that. They didn't even interact with the guitar and music communities of today. What they tried to do was they it seemed to me was to get into the contemporary moment in the small ways that they did. Obviously they did a bunch of stuff as a business and taken on debt from all these sort of small, not very successful or sometimes big and not very successful, you know, um, like electro electronics, a consumer electronics things. They tried to become a really consumer electronics like business. In some ways they tried to be associated with that part of the market. They tried to turn themselves into a lifestyle brand. That was a big thing that people didn't really enjoy didn't really like they didn't actually engage with the music and guitar communities of today and tomorrow they one kind of tried to just airy fairy rebrand themselves as a lifestyle brand which is not something that's particularly of this moment or forward thinking it's just a thing that they tried to do to make themselves a bit more interesting and diversified looking in a way but of course guitar people hated it and no one else really cared or was that interested in it these sorts of things um, especially when we already weren't happy with the product and felt there wasn't as much focus going into what the community was actually asking for. It felt like you're putting an enormous amount of effort into exactly not what we're asking for. So that was there. But the other way that they kind of tried to do it was just in the products themselves, stuff like the robot tuners and messing around with the formula of their guitars, which obviously annoyed guitar players a lot and you know, got us memeing on ourselves about how conservative we are. They try to do something different and forward-thinking Gibson and then they do and we all make fun of them. I think there's a joke in there about how conservative guitar players are. You know, if you listen to this podcast, that I actually don't think we're as conservative as we sometimes make jokes about. Still fun to make the jokes. Um, there's definitely a comment or a joke in there about, you know, the irony of that. But I actually think it was a valid point that we got annoyed on because what we wanted them to do in terms of being more contemporary and more forward thinking was in terms of interacting with the community, in terms of interacting with music, where music is now, where music going. That's more what we meant. We didn't mean 
there's something massively wrong with a Les Paul that needs to be updated. There's something massively wrong with all your guitars that need to be updated. Because these were largely fans who were saying this. Again, this frustration, a lot of it comes from people who like the company already. If you hate Gibson, you just go, yeah, they're doing stupid stuff. Who cares? But if you really like Gibson, you like the guitars, that's really frustrating to watch a company that you feel could be good. You People who you feel could be doing a cool thing in the world, not doing it. That's a frustrating thing to watch. Now, so what they did, in my opinion, kind of pre-bankruptcy stuff, was their focus was on... What we're going to do is we're going to try and change the guitars and that's going to be the contemporary moment but it didn't really fit with anything that was going on musically or in guitar world because guitar players musicians of all genres all types who pick up gibson guitars like them as they are they like the guitars as they, are. they don't need something in it. it's not like dubstep's big let's build some kind of effects pad for dubstep into the headstock you know it's like nothing like that's going to happen anyway really everyone was just saying from all sorts of perspective whether you're looking back whether you're looking forward when you're looking back to the golden days, looking forward to where guitar is going, everyone's like, yeah, the guitar is not the problem. It's fine. That just, in fact, please go back to building guitars kind of more as they were and stop messing with them. Um, and then post-bankruptcy, it's kind of been the opposite. The guitars, a, a lot of people, you know, Gibson fans, have been very happy on the whole with the fact that the guitars have kind of gone back to you know, a bit more of a recognizable way that they're structured in, and presented in the different ranges, um, you know, with your standards and studios and traditionals and stuff, that there are the very old school classic formulas. And then if you want something new, it's kind of separated. So once with all the dip switches and all this stuff, it's separated. They kind of even made it look a bit different. And if you're just like, all right, for all, for all of the guitar community, just saying, look, the guitars are great. It's not where you need to be messing around with the formula. In fact, you've already done that too much in your history. They've just made kind of the proper full fat guitars in a, in a few different price points but that are very directly just here's what you want basics and they've looked forward thinking stuff in terms of being forward thinking and changing things and experimenting for the future has been getting more into the community establishing themselves on social media places gibson tv all that stuff trying to make high quality content with their amazing roster of artists which they, come on you have, why weren't you doing this they just weren't doing this they weren't producing cool interesting amazing content for people online to interact with working with artists doing amazing cool stuff to produce interesting documentaries behind the scenes stuff with amazing guitars and you know back into kind of when the bankruptcy stuff happens 2018 2019 it was really frustrating because you go how have you not done that other companies are doing this small companies are doing all these cool video series with their artists um you know pedal companies teaming up with their artists showing you know, what's on your board and and getting them to do sessions and doing little documentary style things Companies with a fraction of the budget, fraction of the resources, fraction of the time, all of this stuff. We're doing this and a company which could easily just like hire a whole video team tomorrow and start doing this stuff um, professionally wasn't doing it. They've now kind of changed that. That's an interesting little way to look at things there. The kind of journey that they've gone on. And whilst it's a bit unfair to still continually judge things that Gibson did, I think, before the bankruptcy stuff because so much has changed and they recognize that so much has changed. I want to kind of set that out as a whole trajectory that they've been on and i want to compare that to the other big company to see two different ways of approaching looking to the future of guitar because the idea of this is like the future of guitar music the future of guitar sound that really interests me because there's a lot of people down on it there's been a lot of stuff of like guitar's dead and now guitar's back and to me it's been all just a, a very solid trajectory and it's just evolved and changed as an instrument but actually in a way that's a lot strengthened because it's so diversified across music. And I've talked about this many times in the podcast before. I think the idea of just guitar music is going away. Um, not that that actual music's going away, rock and metal and blues and stuff. It's not. 
But the idea that that's the guitar music is going away because there's artists who are completely unbound by genre and particularly are not stuck in genres that we would call guitar music. They're not in rock and blues and metal and stuff like that. And yet guitar is a central part of what they do. And there's so many people who, around that then who get into guitar because of those people. And there's so many artists who want to utilize more guitar and find guitar an essential part of their sound in genres far outside of those we usually traditionally call guitar music. I did a whole episode of the podcast on this called Guitar Music is Dead, the exciting clickbait name to kind of mock the idea of like guitar music's dying. It's like, well, in a way the concept is because guitar is becoming so widespread and so it's obviously always been in these genres. It's always been in all these places. It's always been in every recording studio used on so many things, but it's becoming so central to so many genres now that the idea of saying guitar music is almost kind of an old school thing. You know, it's it's like in Neo Soul, um, in beat making and stuff like that in hip-hop in electronic music certain genres of electronic music guitar is such a central thing and it's seen as a cool standout interesting instrument that people are drawn to and become a central thing of artists there are big artists in all these other genres that are you know rather than just the singer or the you know the the producer or whatever would you would you know often be the focus of these things they are still a singer and a, pro- and a producer maybe and or but they play guitar and it's a central thing that they do and you see them with a guitar all the time and they're playing guitar all the time and they're also known as a guitarist and a bit of a guitar hero in these genres. And you're kind of getting guitar heroes almost in genres that were not traditionally guitar genres, even if guitar was used here and there within the mix amongst other instruments. Really interesting. Um, I've talked about that, like I said, a whole episode on it. Look into that future. How do we get there? I've got this really positive kind of viewpoint of it that that's what's happening at the current time and that's what we're going into going into the future it's just interesting to look at the two big brands and see how they've kind of dealt with that differently and gibson i think have been finding their feet because of this change up and finally with that with the you know out of a hard time like a bankruptcy and stuff you, you get the chance to obviously specifically there you have to restructure that kind of bankruptcy but you get the chance with something, everything goes wrong, right? We got to face up to all these things. And you look, new people are brought in and they go, right, here's what everyone outside the company has been saying for years. We haven't been doing this, we haven't been doing this, we've got to do it. Interesting to watch them do it. I've talked before about the comparison of that with Fender a little bit and how Fender kind of have been way better than pretty much like, like they're one of the best out there, I think. And um, again, punching up would be fun to make fun of Fender we're all hypercritical of the big guys. We all love an underdog. And I'm happy to present a bunch of criticism of Fender. But on the whole, this podcast would be very positive to them because I just think trying to sit back and just analyze it, whether you're a fan of stuff, whether you're not a fan of stuff, just put that aside. Um, You know, they make cool guitars. Awesome. That's my opinion. I think that's, they make a bunch of cool stuff. Bases, amps, pedals, they make a bunch of cool stuff. But looking at how they seem to look forward to the future, how they present themselves and seeing how they've been part of the community versus Gibson, they're still a big company. They're still quite corporate. They're still quite difficult to work with. They're quite picky about who they work with is my understanding of it. Um, I'm obviously not working with any of these companies, but, um, you know, just in other people in the industry. Yeah, you know, they're not like a smaller company because they can't, They don't need to be. They don't need to be, you know, necessarily out there working with all these different people and smaller arts and stuff necessarily. Um, so, you know, they're quite corporate in that way because that's so ingrained as to what they're going to do and their aims are. We can analyze that all day, but to an extent that makes sense rather than an extent which is egregious and has the like haughtiness and removedness and kind of unreachableness that Gibson had maybe five to ten years ago in particular. Um, Having said that, Fender have really gone out of their way to, you know, bring up artists and bring them to a bigger stage and not just 
kind of clout chase or just work with the bigger artists, which they could do. They could they got such a roster there that they could just chase the biggest artists. Obviously, mass you know biggest biggest company for for guitars in, in the world. Um, they could they could do whatever they want in this way. They could have the biggest and the best only. Of course, they work with Joe Bonamassa stuff. Of course, occasionally they're like, we've brought out a new Barry Clapton guitar. The guitar, not we've made a new Eric Clapton. We we stole some of his DNA in the night and sprayed it all over a chestnut tree, and now it's grown a Eric Clapton face. It's like, oh, I like guitar. It's a miracle. And then we're all like, it's an abomination to God. Burn the Clapton tree down. That didn't happen. Um, if it did, that would that would certainly be forward thinking. If they invested an enormous amount of money not in guitar r&d but in gene splicing and have started putting clapton into everything um it the world would be a better place but um it would be fat i mean certainly you'd have to hand it to them before thinking they've not been doing that um what have you been doing fender pull your finger out for god's sake um we want to see abominations to nature um with many guitar heroes faces plastered all over you know um they haven't been doing that, which is a shame, but there you go. Uh, maybe they just have too much respect for the place of man in the universe and not playing God. Could be. Um, could be not. Um, could just be they haven't perfected it yet, and we'll see it any day now. But what they have been doing is for a long time, and I've talked about this, doing great series with smaller artists and a really diverse range of artists, all sorts of genres, all sorts of this, all sorts of that, bringing up smaller artists to bring them to this bigger stage and be a part of that and be a part of forming their career periods. I've also done stuff with similar kind of uh, artists' uh, programs where they brought them into the fold and it's almost like they're kind of like, you know, helping to grow the careers of these artists, you know, and be a part of that, which is obviously good for them for business. That guitarist or artist will be really attached to those guitars for a long time and those products and stuff and that's a big thing and, it's kind of mutually beneficial. Obviously, it's companies are going to be doing that, but um, really, Fender have gone out of their way to be a part of artists, smaller artists, artists from a huge range of genres in that way, go out and find artists. Um, and simultaneously, they have never done the thing that Gibson did pre-bankruptcy. Again, I know that was Gibson before. They're not doing this necessarily right now, but they never did that thing that Gibson did, which was, you know, I mean, there was, okay, crazy stuff in the 70s and the 80s and also a little bit in the 90s from all these brands in the 80s when anyone, everyone only wanted to play um, Superstrat stuff and Ibanez's and stuff like this and Shred Guitars both companies did weird crazy stuff to try and catch on to those Start, uh, to, yeah to, you know the Strat that guitar that came out with the kind of cursive writing which was like their take on basically and, and, and Ibanez yeah have done some crazy stuff let's take the last 10-20 years like I was kind of doing with Gibson let's get this kind of overview Fender have been really good about being out there online and all this stuff, like I say, and being part of the music community where it is, where it's going. And also in contrast to Gibson, not only have they been doing that for a long time, but in contrast to Gibson as well, uh, they never really did the thing where they tried to make the guitars the things of the future. They kind of seem to understand that idea of the, the Strat is perfect for everyone. Like The Strats are in recording studios everywhere, including in hip-hop recording studios and in the hands of R&B musicians and neo-soul and soul musicians and, um, you know, kind of people making beats and stuff like that. The, the sounds of strats and tellies and, and, and all our offset guitars and our acoustic guitars and our amps, like, they're on those records, like people fusing hip-hop stuff with this kind of different genre stuff. The sounds that they're using in there, if you actually look, and this is part of 
being actually part of the communities and the music communities again not having that disconnect it gives an address you look and you see well yeah the guitars don't need to change no one's asking for a change if you actually talk to these artists and look in the community no one's saying well it's a shame the strat doesn't work for hip-hop because of x or it's a shame the telly doesn't work for these other genres of music because of why these are very versatile guitars they've been used in these genres like you know even if it was in a less kind of prominent focused role or maybe it wasn't more focused role whatever these guitars have been used in all these genres very versatile ways for a long time kind of fender seemed to recognize that and they didn't tinker with the guitars in those ways they they do you know obviously innovate and uh, you know they have all the marketing stuff of they bring out like another strat and it's just a strat and it's like the new the most versatile strat ever made and you're like yeah it's got three single call pickups fancy that <laughs> and a five-way switch wow that's um that is new if we're talking you know since the 50s um even if it wasn't on the very first strats there you go that's still r&d right um five-way switch crazy um it's innovative it's brain bustingly innovative um you know obviously there's a bit of that and stuff which is funny but that's kind of proving my point that whilst they do innovate you know producing new kinds of pickups new kind of innovations in the guitars in a bunch of ways their core guitar line they've never um in this last kind of 10 20 year period they've never been doing what gives new word trying to like make it the guitar of the future they've kind of gone well it is it's the guitar of the future if we're future-minded as a company there's nothing in the guitar that needs to change the strap the telly there is a reason these have stood the test of time stood the test of time through all these changes evolutions in music um seem to recognize this whole dire idea of like the guitar no one loves the guitar they did for 70 years and now it's dead or whatever isn't the case um because then you would panic and go do we need to reinvent the instrument then really do that in this last period of time and they understood that's kind of hyperbolic and we've survived all these changes of music and this music dying and this music coming back and revival of this and the guitars have, have been the same through that um the guitars don't need to change the guitars are not what needs to change what needs to change is us as a company we need to be part of this community we need to be where this community is interacting you know okay you could be really cynical and go they need to appear to be part of it they don't actually give a crap about being part of it they're a big corporation and don't give a shit sure I'm not ruling that out. I'm not saying I love what they do. And they're such a friendly, cuddly, warm group of people. I don't know. Who cares? My point is not that. I'm talking on the appearance level. I'm talking, you know, so you can be as cynical as you like, or you can be as generous as you like in your evaluation of these companies. But they've been there. They realize that what's important is the guitars don't need to change at all as much as, you know, you make tweaks, you make R&D, you bring out different model lines, whatever, for all the different reasons you do that as a business to keep going. But that's not what needs to change. That's not whether we need to be future focused. We need to be future focused is one, being a part of the community, being connected. But two, then looking at, okay, where's music going? Where's guitar going? And try to be ahead of the curve. And that's the kind of little journey that they've both been on. They're both at this point now where let's, you could kind of leave Gibson's pre-bankruptcy stuff behind. Let's leave their, both of the companies doing crazy stuff in the 70s and 80s and stuff like that. And less popular stuff, let's say, behind and let's look at them right now where they both are. It's a really interesting comparison of w trying to get to grips with the, where the future guitars, where the present guitars, and where the guitar is going. Um, whilst I'm super impressed by what Gibson are doing, the Gibson TV stuff is great, high quality stuff, big name stuff they should have been doing for a long time, documentary style stuff, high budget, huge, clearly a huge amount of effort to try and get in touch with what the guitar community wants to see and what guitar the guitar community finds fascinating and loves about gibson working with 
big artists to do you know hour and a half long documentary style stuff behind the scenes stuff the kind of stuff which they always had the pull on the weight and the budget and all this stuff to do weren't doing and they're doing it i think it's fantastic they've also seemed to have been a bit better about being part of the community with working with people and having a bit more of an effort on that front seems that way anyway again you could be cynical or as generous as you like in the evaluation absolutely that's up to you guys who cares about my opinion on that but that's how it is. they're presenting themselves at least right okay um so leaving behind the fact that you know crazy stuff done by both in the 70s and 80s gibson pre-bankruptcy seems to be trying to just you know mess with the guitars as much as possible to see if that, maybe that's the way forward no one liked it no one wanted it okay leaving that behind it still seems to me that fender are by far and away the ones who are looking towards the future of guitar where guitar is now and where it's going um part of this is is working with smaller artists whereas gibson seems to be focused on promoting and being part of the bigger ones that's changed to some extent gives them been doing some stuff bringing out some signatures and working with artists that are not just those big kind of heritage names in the Gibson front so that's changed a little bit um but they don't have this regular flow of constant interaction and constant promotion with these artists like i've talked about the fender artist check-in series the vendor song series where they go through the story of songs the way that the the, the the sheer volume of stuff that fender does live streams live sessions um, with their artists, artists from home, with the artists check-in at the moment. That kind of instant reaction to, you know, for example, the pandemic situation, doing the artist check-in series, constantly reworking with their artists again and again and again, returning with these artists, including smaller ones. Gibson haven't caught up with the speed and volume of that. They're doing these amazing kind of documentary-style things, but they Fender also does that. Gibson doesn't seem to have a catch, um, quite caught on to the immediate kind of constant engagement nature with their artists and with um bringing smaller artists to the fore and um promoting these artists and being a part of nurturing these careers and then being in constant contact through that and through other things with the guitar community in a kind of reactive way gibson's getting a hold of that they're doing way better than they were before it's still in the process i think that to judge it now is like the final place where they want to be is ridiculous they've kind of been reworking all this stuff since the bankruptcy and um you know, it seems to be in progress to me, so it's a bit harsh to judge it on that. Um, however, if you look at the overall focus, while Gibson are doing a lot of things that I think look good, as I keep saying there, if you look at the overall focus, Gibson's focus is still very much on these heritage names. It's still very much on these big names. And whilst they have entered in, into the community, whilst they're producing and presenting things that are attractive to the in the current moment, um but they're still not doing really nearly as much as um when you compare it to fender working with these artists that really seem to be about where the guitar is going so you know i think it's phenomenal and i don't think gibson should stop this or pull anything away from this about what gibson could do more because i think what gibson does with you know doing an hour and a half long thing behind the scenes with kirk hammett or dweezil zapper or something is amazing and Fender do that too with Joe Bonamassa or they'll do, they did the whole Jimmy Page, Dragon and Mirror Telly thing and they had all these documentaries and all this stuff behind it. They did the Game of Thrones guitar things, which is obviously trying to engage with people where they are. Game of Thrones break out of the standard guitar community a little bit. But, you know, who did they get to play those? They got like, you know, Tom Morello on and all these other guys. Right. Well-known, big names. They both have heritage which is a huge part of what they do which they rest on and just because they're presenting content on new places doesn't mean they're not still kind of giving that same message makes sense i think they should always be doing that because that's a huge part of why they're so big and renowned 
it makes a lot of sense. But um, whereas Fender, on top of that, works with musicians from an enormous, an enormously diverse range of size, like how big and how popular they are, genre, whether they're in tr- more traditional guitar music or off in different elements of fusion and soul and hip-hop and people that make beats, people that do um, various kinds of, whether it's hip-hop or other production. Um, they work with people who are renowned as guitarists and people who are not necessarily renowned as guitarists but are renowned artists to try and expand who they're reaching in terms of genre, um, in terms of age group, but also in terms of just the whole population of the world, people who are into music and realizing we're an integral part of music. There's artists in all these different places who are using our instruments. The guitar is actually so alive and well in all these places. All this stuff that I say, I think Fender nail that. And I've talked about this before. I think they get that. Um, they get that that's where guitars go and that's where the positive future guitar is. And they react to that. They don't just say that. They realize nothing really about the product needs to revolutionarily change to fit that it already works these people already have strats and tailors in their studios and on their live tours but we need to actually say that we need to actually show rappers composing beats and composing stuff that they use in their music with they got jazz basses they got strats tailors and jaguars send them guitars work with them make them an artist even if they're not specifically um renowned as a guitar god because that's actually a huge amount of potential of where the guitar is going obviously again let's be the cynical side that's opening up sales that's saying okay the guitar total guitar gear nerd person we will get a bit older and where does the sustainable future of the company come from new people that's more just generally into music it's not about like an obsession with rock music is the biggest music of the day but they're all into music and if we show them guitars are an integral part of rap and guitars are an integral part of soul neo soul singer songwriters and we're a part of that then the guitar is cool for those people just by association that's the big important thing doesn't matter whether guitar god guitar slinging crazy guitar god shred masters are the biggest artists of the day doesn't matter if we're always a part and guitars are always a part fender obviously amps guitars specifically for them are a part of it that's opening up all our sales for the future blah blah blah. so it's a cynical thing but in there is also the core idea that i talk about which isn't to do with business or anything it's just this is how guitar has such a bright future and fender see that and they say that you know we're going to work with clapton bonamassa all these classic guys and you know newer guitarists as well it doesn't need to be guys who've been around the block and stuff it can be newer guitars who are still very guitar focused blues people uh people who are crazy shred guitars will still work with them if they do but also we're working with singer songwriters who just integrate guitar in a more subtle way as part of their music people who are rappers people who are this and by hitting both we know some people are going to get mad about one some people are going to find the you know people are going to fling shit at each other cross generationally oh that's boomer music or whatever about the classics some people are going to be like oh why the fuck are they working with a a rapper come on this is a guitar company but by doing all of that in such a diversified way which is also why they put out such an incredible amount of content in such an incredible also incredibly also diverse array of different types of content they hit all these different points and they're actually hitting the what i think is incredibly clever core point of where the guitar is going which every company and everyone in our community should be realizing which is guitars are part of all these things and it's disseminated and spread out to be such an important part of all these pieces and places in music where it's always been it's always been in these studios like i say but you're getting now guitar heroes guitar gods people getting young people into guitars young kids picking up the guitars 
who don't listen to rock, who don't listen to metal because of these people in these um, other genres. Maybe call them guitar gods or whatever is a, is a bit of, maybe it's slightly different, but um, kind of guitar heroes in genres that you wouldn't expect. You know, we'd like to, we all think of probably because this happened to us, shred guys, rock guys, metal guys, blues guys, jazz guys, guys who could play like crazy. These are the people who got us to pick up guitar. So we often think, I think we project that. That makes sense. That's our experience. So we go, who's going to make kids pick up guitars? And this is where some of the negativity comes from. About guitars may be dead. Where are the guitars? Where are these crazy shred guys? Yeah, they're in my genre, but no kids are listening to that. Or yeah, there are some crazy shred guys now, but they don't have this. They're not on the radio. They're not on MTV. They're not out with this reach. They're not on all the talk shows and stuff. Man, Eddie Van Halen was beloved by guitar gods but also by everybody and you know whereas these guys and even the ones that maybe like a, a john mayer he's loved by guitar guys and also by everybody else and that gets more people into guitar but uh you know he's getting on a bit too he's not like a fresh new artist man it's not happening and you get kind of negative um i think that's because we the paradigm is kind of slightly outdated we don't need someone who is outright outright like some kind of guitar hero in our definitions there's actually guitar heroes getting people to pick up guitar in the singer-songwriter genre, in the rap genre, in hip-hop production, in any other kinds of beat making and stuff, in other kinds of production, in soul, in funk, in all these places. Um, but we might not Im- immediately recognize when we're casting our eye around in despair and stuff, going like, where are the guitar heroes? I think we overlook these people. And actually, it's, be- it's just because the way that they play and the way their guitar heroes doesn't quite resonate the same with us because of the way that our guitar has worked often you know doing incredible otherworldly stuff with the guitar it very front and center with the guitar front and center you know crazy solos for example crazy searing distortion riffs or something something that grabs you and makes you go look at the guitar these other people might not be playing the guitar like that it might not work like that as an instrument for them and so therefore we can overlook them but actually they're getting kids to play guitar. They're getting more and more kids to pick up the guitar and they're making the guitar more and more central part of those genres. And the guitar is recognized as a cool thing that people want to play in those places because of those people. That's Guitar Heroes. That's what it is. Um, you know, if they brought out a Guitar Hero game for the right now for the PS5 or let's say in a bunch of years time for the PS7 or whatever, if we're on this trajectory, you might have Guitar Hero comes out and it's not got the kind of like kind of jack black-esque aesthetic of like rock and roll brother you know it might not have that there might still be a bunch of that music on there because it's people who are just into guitar they want to play it. they'll play led zeppelin they'll listen to led zeppelin whatever they think it's cool and that's great we, it's not about one or the other it's not about anything getting thrown out but the whole aesthetic of the game think about it this way okay kids into guitar next generation of kids there's already an interest in it but how do we this will get them more into it guitar hero actually got a whole bunch of people from a diverse bunch of places playing guitar who were not necessarily into that music got people into that music who were not necessarily into it before that's a whole another interesting topic of how to be open and to actually communicate with the guitar so that it brings more people in interesting uh shows the the promise of those things as well anyway you know if we're looking at like what guitar like the ps7 or something in 15 years time is like on this trajectory it might have an aesthetic that is not so generically bound you know if it was like man kids were clamoring for guitar so much and it's a popular thing so we're going to bring back this whole idea of the um guitar hero s games you know the track list on there might have all this rock and metal on it might have all this neo soul and all this funk and it might be so generically diverse that the branding of the game and the way the game looks 
might be completely removed from genre. You might not have a, a rock genre and it might not have a more pop or hip hop feel to the branding. It might really have to be so diverse because guitar will be so diverse that it can't look like that even its branding. I'm going on a big rant here that I've been on many times before. But the point is that the way that Fender works in the community and interacts with that has that seemingly at its core. It goes out to find artists who are completely diverse in every meaning of that word and every use of it from all sorts of places, all sorts of different backgrounds, musical backgrounds, places in, in the world, society, and it works with them and it, and it puts them on a bigger stage than they were before and it genuinely feels like it's trying to nurture them. And again, you can be cynical about that, you can be positive about it, but that's a big part of what they do. Gibson very much making crazy cool stuff now more part of the community seems to be listening to people more people seem to be very happy again that's not really just from me that's from what gibson fans and people who had complaints before are saying that's kind of their opinion my opinion doesn't really matter so much but that's that's kind of their outlook but what i then see is that the way they're doing that and again they're still progressing it's early days on this stuff but they're still very much focused on the heritage the big names the big names of the past where guitar was and we want to see that again they should absolutely be doing that because i mean i like that stuff i'm assuming you listening to this probably like that stuff great stuff you know behind the scenes with kirk hammett for like an hour and a half awesome nothing wrong with that in fact there's so much positive about that please do more of that gibson please keep doing that it's cool it's interesting and it helps you you know in terms of like an advice side of it i think that's helpful for you guys i think it does a lot for you guys and we like it but again fender also does that fender will work with all these old big artists these these current big artists, but it will also work with where the guitar is going in the future and trying to see where it is in the future and being a part of that. I don't see Gibson doing that. I don't see Gibson diversifying in the way that it works with all these people. You look at the range of artists that Fender's work with the experimental guys, you know, having Nick Reinhardt sit there and talk about crazy effects with Thurston Moore, and it doesn't need to be only Fender pedals, and it doesn't need to be only talking about Fender amps. It's talking about everything. It's just letting artists be artists in this experimental way working with singer-songwriters who don't have a guitar as a central part of their thing, but then giving them guitars or working with them, getting them to play Fender guitars because they realize this is still a part of what's important in music. That's going to inspire people, including the next generation. And the guitar is then solidified as a part of that. That's called a, that's called a Fender, um, not to Gibson. And I think it would be cool to see Gibson do that because the more that's nurtured from the whole pre-existing guitar community, rather than, you know, obviously us being negative doesn't help anything, wailing about the guitar dying, but being insular and saying guitars are only for this music or only for that music doesn't help either, and then it will, you know, die, then it will be a negative, we will be looking at negative prospects of the future. But um, to have these big companies work with this wide range of artists, I think other companies have been good too, um, I think it helps, you know, um, as much as it might make some of us grimace and shit, like, you know, I saw Nick Huber the other day. They made this crazy, super custom, you know, they obviously make amazing custom stuff all the time, but they made this crazy swirl finished guitar, which caught my eye. Really, really cool, really, really cool thing. Um, you know, and it was for an artist and I saw they posted some videos of the artist who was just like playing it and stuff um, and playing some other guitars. And, you know, it was, just, it was them on their own playing guitar. And I was like, wow, what a great player. Um, really nice style, really nice feel, cool stuff. Um, I had no idea that was, that was the, then I found out later on it was the guitarist for Justin Bieber and they did this whole massive, you know, online stream Justin Bieber. I think maybe like a VR thing. Like, I don't know. Weird looking music video online stream thing, performance thing they did. And, you know, he's there playing this Nick Cooper guitar in the background. And the guitar is a, a front and foremost thing with this amazing player there. 
you know, like it or not, that's putting the guitar just out there. And you know, if if you if you don't if if we feel negative about that, even if you feel negative about it, what we could say though is, yeah, but that's getting the guitar cool for people. And for a lot of people, they come to all the other music that we probably hold as, as superior or better or whatever, whether that's right or wrong, and, and we'll hold different conversation. But Again, if we're looking at that in a negative way, you, it's still a positive because even in the most negative way, we're like, oh, why are people listening to that music or oh, music today? You still go, yeah, but that's going to get people into guitar and that's going to get young kids. And, you know, I don't want to say that my music taste at 12 or 13 or 14 or 15 was the best ever or whatever. It's evolving. And if someone at one of those ages is kind of looking at this and going, I'm watching, you know, the camera's like zooming in on the guitar all the time and it's like, you know, guitar parts that are really prominent in there with this freaking cool swirl Nick Huber guitar on there. You look at that and you go, wow, you know, cool-ass boutique guitars played by amazing players on this huge stage, the biggest kind of stages in world music we're talking about here. That's awesome because then those kids are going to look at that and even if you want to look cynically and go, what they're listening to now, if you hate it and everything, of course, you're allowed that opinion, man. But what's really cool is that they're going to see that getting to guitar, that's amazing in itself. But also get into guitar and um, that's going to lead them down the road of, of finding all this other music. It does, you know, when you got, I, I've gone into so much stuff, so much music because I'm into guitar. I suggest this is a guitar podcast, right? And I suggest music every single episode. Um, so that happens. That's part of the trajectory. It's not just into music and then into, and then I play guitar. It's getting into guitar gets you into so much more music and broadens your horizons because the guitar is used in so many diverse genres. And that's true, more true now, arguably than ever, with guitar being so prominent in so many diverse genres in all the ways I keep talking about. Um, yeah, man. I just see that's positive. Um, but, you know, there's other companies being a part of this. You know, that was promoted by Nick Cooper and stuff. Um you know, irregardless of just like what their personal taste in music is and stuff like that, that was promoted there. Um, I see PRS, the, the range of artists that people like PRS are working with kind of expanding in that way, you know. Um, Nick Cooper also does work, you know, build their, their Reap Bergen bass was played a lot by the guy for Snarky Puppy and stuff. You know, this is this is getting out into the into the reaches of where the music community is and the guitar community should really be part of that and where the, the music community is and where it's going because the guitars are already there. Um, we should be there as well and to have that promoted obviously yeah the company is mutually beneficial all that stuff be cynical be generous however you want to evaluate it but um if we're all there as community and the companies are there that nurtures it further and that keeps the cycle going of okay people are into guitar so then we nurture it more promote them through guitar stuff and that gets funnels more people into being into seeing specific guitar stuff and going oh this guitarist i love their music and oh they did this video with fender oh the company who makes the guitars okay that's weird and they look at that and that introduces them to more artists and gets them into man they that's so cool i just get to see them just play guitar separate from their mix and the, and the and the rest of the band or or the rest of the production or whatever on this fender video and they go man that actually sounds so cool positive stuff positive attachments to the guitar that's how you get a whole new generation of players um really cool so much stuff in there i've talked about this this topic so many times that i keep getting sidetracked onto this topic which i've talked about so many times of like future guitar bright etc etc but the main point i wanted to get today was comparing where gibson are where fender are they've had an interesting journey both for them but in terms of what they put out there what they present fender seems very focused on this hugely diverse in all the ways that i've gone over catalog of of musicians and artists and ways of interacting with them gibson made leaps and bounds putting out cool stuff 
we, I hope they keep doing it. It's cool. Enjoy watching it. It's stuff that we all love. It's stuff that more people, and also yeah, young people come to do. It's not just like, that's from Paris. It's the old guard to enjoy that. This will inspire new people in its own way, for sure. But it's very much focused on the way stuff is and the way stuff has been with guitar, which is super cool. Um, not seeing a huge amount of them being part of all these new places where guitar is going, including in rock, including in metal. You know, who are the young new artists that, that in every genre, including rock, metal, blues, but including all these other, all these other genres? Just music as a whole. How's Gibson going to be a part of where music is? And if I and the reason that's worrying, let's say for example, if you just hate Gibson, you don't care. Maybe then you like the sound of that because you think, well, Gibson will die out then, and more than Maria, I hate that company. Here's why that's still bad. We need the guitar to be a part of these things, specifically and clearly, um, uh, for this positive future to, to kind of hold that I that I see happening. Now. The cool thing is that the biggest part of that work is done by just great artists playing it, great music with these guitars. And that's the most important thing. And that's really all I actually kind of care about. And what some, what some big corporation that makes the guitars does is really secondary. So why have I ended up talking about this for 45 minutes instead of just talking about cool artists? Well, because part of the reason that the guitar the certain guitars became so iconic and the reason the guitar has such a big effect, the companies were a part of that. Whether we like it or not, they kind of were. Um, and I don't really like it because I don't really care about that. I just want to focus on the artists and they weren't a part of it as in it wouldn't have been cool and it wouldn't have been amazing and the companies were needed for this to happen, this amazing music to be amazing and to be iconic. No, that, that's not true. But the continuance of it is about cycle and the more you have more people and more energy going into the propagation and the continuation of something, certain music, certain instruments, the more that brings us more in and gets us more excited and is more to engage us. Um, just in the content itself, if you're making cool music documentaries with your artists, if that keeps happening, that can keep driving music forward. But if you're not being a part of it, which in some ways Gibson isn't because it's not engaging with the wider music community in a way, then that is a piece missing. And it's not the necessary piece. The necessary piece is amazing people making amazing music. That's the necessary piece, okay? And that's all I care about, and that's probably all you care about. And we all care about that a thousand times more than what, what all these fucking corporations do. And we'd probably all rather think about that than spend 45 minutes talking about <laughs> these companies. But the piece that they can provide to that is actually a massive help. It's it's Because they're so big and powerful, whether you like it or not, and could do so much. Like I say, Gibson could suddenly just be like, let's hire a whole team to go around making music documentaries. They can do that. And actually, if they do that in a way which is part of where music's heading and a part of where music is now, as well as where music is now and where music has been up to now, that could really feed a huge amount of energy into propelling these amazing artists that are making amazing music and into propelling this interest and this flow of music and this kind of cycle of discovery and advancement of music and guitar music um i'd like to see all the energy come in that's positive and that can be a part of that without anything detrimental and it's great to see fender doing it it would be cool to see gibson doing it so at the moment i feel like you know fender it's weird that they are the bigger corporation and you'd almost they're the biggest and you would feel like they would be stuck in the past and that you know both gibson and fender would be stuck in the past 
I don't think either of them are just stuck in the past, but it's funny that the biggest company out there, you know, even compared to other medium-sized companies, even compared to some of the other big names but aren't quite as big as Fender, you know, other big names in the guitar world who I haven't talked about today, I just talked about uh, Gibson and Fender really, but they got these other big names as well, other big names in the guitar world. I think Fender's maybe beating all of them in terms of really focusing on where music is now and guitar being such a central part of, of the music of today and tomorrow. I think Fender's beaten like everybody on it. And I think that's fascinating. And like, again, punching up, I'm more than happy to spend a while taking the piss out of Fender, be critical of them, they're a big company. I do that just like anyone. Underdog, I'm way more likely to be lean and, and, and super positive. And I mean, that's kind of fair and makes sense in a way, but big companies are more likely to, you know, like people razzing on Gibson, go full in and be very critical. You know, you're raking in a billion each year or whatever in sales. I can be as harsh as I like on you. Um, but, I, you know, I feel like I've been insanely positive about Fender on this podcast. And I have plenty of criticisms. Um, I really do both of them, both of the big companies and, and all the big companies stuff. Yeah, sure. Be critical of anything. I can be critical specifically of these things as well. But um, I, the reason I've been so positive about Fender on this podcast, on other episodes, um, yeah, is it, just because really at the core, they seem to actually really be focused on what is it that the music and the guitar community is actually doing and where is it going and they seem to get a part of it which a lot of people don't including bigger companies and it's hard for a big company to do that it's a lot easier to end up being very conservative and traditional and kind you know corporate for lack of a better word uh, it's so easy to fall into that just looking from the outside it seems that that would just be so easy kind of actually hard to not fall into that um in the way that these these things are structured us out um and i think they managed to do a really good job again there's plenty of criticisms if people want me to even the balance a little bit i can do a whole couple episodes criticizing fender because i've been so positive about them but i think they've done a huge amount that's positive i talked about that i love individual series individual artists things they put out great stuff that i've talked about a lot in the past as well that kind of comes into what i'm talking about here specifically here i think this is the core of it they seem to look at this where the music is now where it's going on the whole music not just guitar and gear community but they also managed to to give us the stuff we want as well in this nerdy guitar and gear community they do all of it they go well that's a company we can cater to all of this and they go out there and actually put the huge amount of effort in required to do it and i think that's cool and they make a lot of interesting choices their massively diverse range of artists they work with in every sense of that word is really incredible and looks to actually where the world of music is going and i think that's super impressive and important it's going to serve them well i think it's interesting to compare fender and gibson and say you know at this post bankruptcy point a few years out of that and seeing you know gibson's fully on his feet it's made a lot of the right choices but comparing them in terms of where they are right now and where they where their focus is it's interesting to see gibson kind of being more you know in, in some ways gibson has, has kind of been too successful at correcting its course you know wasn't doing what the guitar community wanted now a few years out of post but post bankruptcy really doing what the guitar community wanted almost too much it's kind of just focused in on only what the guitar community wants and that's like yeah we, we freaking love hour and a half long videos about these big name massive guitar god kind of figures obviously we love that and they're doing that but you know i think the next step is like i say you know if i do about that too but the next step is to also go well what does what seems to be more not just what the guitar community wants but not just what guitar nerds want but people who want into guitar how do you reach them how does gibson and you know the guitar more importantly for me but yeah for them you know gibson become a part of that how, how do we be part make sure that 
the guitar is part of the music of tomorrow and look at how guitar is part of the music of tomorrow. The company, like I say, doesn't really do that. They don't really make guitar part of the music of tomorrow. That's all the artists. That's the most important thing. That's the central thing. That's all we really care about. That's all I really care about. But um, in a small way, this is a part of it and important and it can be actually be quite a big part, like I said. Um, you know, they aren't looking at that right now. And I think that's actually what a lot of the guitar community is like. We're kind of just looking insular in some ways. Um and I think Gibson's kind of playing on that and it works for them, gets them views, um, keeps us fueled and interested. Like I say, they're in a position where a lot of people who were complaining pre-bankruptcy are now very happy with what Gibson are doing in all these different ways. Um, but now I think that's satisfied with me and the next step for them would be to look at kind of what Fender are doing and go, how do we be more part of this wider idea? How do we widen our vision, still cater to what we're catering to, still make stuff that me and you enjoy, guitar nerd people, but how do we actually be a part of this overarching bigger thing of where the guitar is in the world literally that big that, that i think widen the perspective that big and go okay where is the guitar in the world who, who are the people who are making amazing art out there and how is our instrument that we love a part of that that seems to be the perspective the fan have and that's why i think that they're kind of one of the most forward-thinking brands in a way out there and that's a freaking oxymoronic thing that i actually find hilarious and love about fender you know gibson spent all this time playing around trying to make their guitars were kind of futuristic with bits of tech and stuff and like oh change this and change that fender basically you know despite the bits of r&d and, and this that and the other and they do develop things and, and all that stuff you know strat's a strat telly's a telly it works make a jaguar make a jazz master all works so freaking funny they just make these guitars yeah p bass who doesn't love it jazz bass who doesn't love it they just make them they just still make them exactly exactly the way they are and that i think tells us a lot Maybe the company that's doing the best at being forward-thinking, not in terms of tech, because, you know, they're not making digital amp software of the future. But the company that's kind of got an idea of the future of music and the future guitar may be better than at least a lot of them, at least a lot of the others, is the one that is just making the same guitar it was making 70 years ago. <laughs> and basically doesn't change the recipe. Isn't that hilarious? Um, it's such a fun, funny thing for me, this kind of oxymoron offender of now that I see what they're doing and I, in my perception, everything that I've talked about for the whole thing today, all of that, this idea that they get where kind of music is and where it's going a little bit and they seem to have put that as a central pillar of how they interact and are part of the music and guitar world. They've done that better than anyone. They've done all this and yet they're the company that arguably more than anyone, in the, especially in the last 10, 20 years, have just been like, yeah, it's strat to strat, just make it. There's marketing about this being different. Oh, the most advanced strat. Yeah, they did that with the Ultra series, right? It was like the most advanced strat ever made. It's like it's a hump single single and it has the like push button thing, but isn't that basically the same circuit that Clapton had in some of his? And yeah, you've changed the noiseless pickups, but you've been making noiseless pickups for a long time. <laughs> it's a strat, man. And the marketing, we love to meme on it because it's like the most advanced strat against yet. It's like it's a it's 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 very similar to how it looked in 54 guys i gotta tell you <laughs> you know um because that's what we want because it's the right call we'll meme on it but we'll also go yeah but also that's what we want so we're memeing on ourselves here um i just find that so funny that 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 there's that oxymoron but actually it's the right choice because like i say as well it's not just for us as guitar nerd people it's like yeah that is what we want just make it the same i like a strat of strat you know, change this, change that, make variations, but still just make a strap. 
that's also the same for all these new musicians because it's like yeah the guitar works perfectly in hip-hop you don't have to like change the guitar for that the guitar works perfectly in you'll use it differently and with other gear and use it in the studio differently depending on the genre you don't need to change the guitar it's perfect for that has actually been for a long time used by loads of artists in all these different genres very prominent now in those genres like i say becoming more prominent kind of guitar heroes in those genres they just play strats they just play tellies they just play p basses because they work because <laughs> those are freaking awesome it's the sound that those guys want it's the sound that a new generation will want as well in a way um they'll use it in different ways create a whole new rigs around it but yeah um and and that actually tells you a lot about the guitar um and that's in a way to finish it's kind of the most positive thing that the guitar has a bright future and it didn't even really need to change to do it it just needed to be in the hands of great artists and that's kind of it um that really is kind of it it didn't need to change. You didn't need to have robotic parts on it. Um, it can do that. And it's freaking cool that you can plug guitars through this and use it as a MIDI controller and all that stuff. That's great. And that's a part of where the guitar is going. But um, that is not the central part of why the guitar is looking to have a bright future in the hands of so many artists. It's because it's in the hands of so many artists. That's why. It's got a bright future because it's in the hands of those artists. Um, and it didn't even need to change. I bet a bunch of them will get, like, because they're into guitar... You see this guitarists I think see someone like I say in their genre maybe it's hip hop really get into guitar because of that they're then playing a bunch of guitar that leads them to get more into all the different ways of using guitar they get into rock they get into metal they get into all these things and uh, I bet you they get into gear as well and you hear some of them talk about that some of these they're going to end up playing like vintage guitars some of these guys so and these other genres so it just shows you um, yeah that's a really positive thing I think to end up if you really think about that think about that kind of Fender oxymoronic kind of self-contradicting kind of thing think about the comparison of gibson and fender think about what fender's doing um as the biggest guitar company in the world um the fact that the guitar doesn't need to change and that's where the future looks bright rather than trying to change the guitar you, you know i think that's fascinating and a really positive thing that the guitar has a really positive future just by being itself powerful thing right music suggest for the day i've blabbed on about freaking guitar so long companies and i said the most important thing is these amazing artists well i'm gonna give them to you and it, it just makes sense that i'm gonna give you a bunch of um musicians specifically the fender of work with that i think show the diverse range of artists that they're working with that show all these different genres they're going to um and the way the guitar is you can hear you'll hear these artists and you go yeah that that is now that is music that is now there's music you'll hear on the radio that's music you'll hear in all sorts of different kind of clubs and venues that's music that you're going to hear very much now um it's who doesn't freaking love some bit of classic blues but we know fender are doing that i'm trying to prove my point it makes sense music suggested on every episode of this podcast makes sense that today's episode i suggest to you stuff a, a range of artists not just one specifically working with fender so i'm even going to send you to the fender related stuff to really prove my point that all the points i made today fender are working with this diverse range of artists promoting artists who are lesser known artists who are really well known showing the guitar and how the guitar and being a part of how the guitar is a part of just music overall in such a hugely diverse range of genres going forward so that's what we're showing off so i've got four videos i'm going to share with you it's four different guitarists four totally different styles um playing four different things it's all from the fender artist check-in series which i suggested before in love and you should really just check that whole thing out but this shows you the future of guitar being bright and how fender are part of that 
Yeah, absolutely. And bear in mind as well, I hope you enjoy the music. I hope you enjoy some of it. Always as part of it. I hope it inspires you. But um, even if you don't enjoy this music, think outside of that, you know, not just about what you enjoy. Obviously, try to take away something from the playing. He's a great player, so there's always something to learn. But moving beyond whether you like this music or not, and again, really hope you like it. That's still the important thing. Um, even if you hate all this music, still look at this and think about these are all artists, totally different places, not come from the same place that a lot of us kind of guitar and gear nerd people have come from. The guitar is something they love that inspires them and that is a central part of their music making. And they are then becoming the guitar heroes of so many more people across so many different genres. It should it should hopefully make you feel positive about where this is going. Look at the number of views. Look at the number of comments from all these different people. So many, so much stuff on here about people going, this is the person who got me to pick up guitar. All of this stuff, I, I really hope this makes you feel positive as well as hopefully you love the music and get inspired to play guitar. But even if you don't do that, this time as well, I hope it inspires you. It makes you feel positive, inspires positivity about where the guitar is going. I think that's a cool thing. So anyway, I am asking that you check out. And by the way, as well, these should be introductions to the artists. Hopefully you check these out and then you go and actually check out the artists and you know buy their albums. Please support artists out there. Hard time for artists right now, obviously. But hopefully this is an is by way of an introduction to these. And if you enjoy these artists, please go and check them out. Don't just don't just stick with the Fender video, man. That should just be a, a gateway. Check out these artists, check out what they're doing, buy their music, all of all of that stuff, obviously, and actually go listen to, to their music for sure. So we've got Ari O'Neill performing her track Home. Beautiful solo guitar stuff. Fantastic playing. Really, really good stuff. Uh Jayla Darden, her performing her track, Idea 686, which is um you know shows the evolution and plays a guitar with um vocal centered uh music and um really really striking of stuff there great stuff oh we've got tom mish doing an improvisation you know he used guitar very prominently you know started off by making like beats and stuff online like on soundcloud the rappers would then use you know very common thing in the hip-hop world to be doing that as come up as a producer doing that this is a guitarist who is doing that that's how kind of how he got out there watch that video freaking amazing playing he's loved and well known and you know in in certain parts of, of the in really a lot of parts of the music world um guitar is a central part of it really really cool to see and then we've got fkj um also doing an improv from home great looping stuff really cool stuff amazing player and again a whole different kind of realm of music making here where he's kind of beloved and and, and the favorite player and favorite musician of a lot of people including young people including people just coming from all sorts of different genres great guitar player so check that out please do get inspired feel positive about where guitar is going i hope this was interesting that even though it's blabbing on about brands instead of music which isn't as important but um I, it's all a part of the kind of ecosystem of where music and uh, is and how guitar is a part of that and i feel positive about it and i think it's cool to see the biggest guitar company in the world seeming to recognize that central and key to the guitar world is where music's going and, and the recognizing that you don't need to crowbar guitar in there it's already a big part of where music is where music's going across the board different genres really cool to see so anyway hope that leaves you feeling positive hope you enjoy checking out the music do get inspired play a bunch of guitar yourselves play whatever you play play true to whatever you play if you go man i'm an old school blues guy play that man there's new people coming at that all the time there's new people loving it all the time that's still a part of the, the future of guitar as well as the the past and the present very much of course so play everything if we're all playing guitar then yeah how's guitar gonna die if all these people are playing it we're all playing it and everyone's playing it 
Um, everyone should just play guitar. Just, oh, shut up and play guitar. That's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to shut up and go play guitar. So hope you do the same thing. Enjoy that music. Check out those artists. Remember to support them if you like their stuff, which is great because um, all I've done is support Fender, which they don't need my support, for God's sake. Please support the artists. And, you know, obviously, if you like Fender, that's great, fine. But, um, you know, the biggest frigging guitar corporation in the world does not need my support promotion for this whole freaking hour and a bit. Um, this is what it comes down to is these artists, these are the people forming the future of guitar. It's just an interesting note. Fender are recognizing that. Will Gibson do it going forward with other companies more and more. I think they already are doing signs like that with Nick Uber or so on. But interesting, but really this is what it's about. It's these artists. So please do this is the takeaway focus on this. Enjoy that stuff, support those artists, play a bunch of guitar, get inspired, look after yourselves, look after one another. I'll be back with almost certainly a much shorter episode. <laughs> tomorrow so take care of yourselves um have a good one i'll catch you again tomorrow